Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Man, I know this tune, but I can't pinpoint the name of the song. Sure. Tell me what it is. Bye. Ah, that's right. Should know that I'm a big Zeppelin fan, but I'm a big Zeppelin fan, not so much a, you know, a solo Robert Plant, if you know what I mean. Although I did see him in concert, that was a great show. It is our two, the game, the game after work. Mitch Fortner and Troy Coverdale. We're going to hear from Phil Steele in just a moment. Troy, let me know a few hours or a few minutes ago, rather, that uh, the the standoff in Vegas is over. That uh, there was a guy like on the twenty fifth floor at Caesar's Palace in Vegas, and he was throwing furniture out the window. He busted the window out and was throwing furniture out, and apparently it all started with a domestic dispute with a girlfriend or a wife. Uh, looks like he is done. He has been caught. He's been arrested. He's going to jail. Quite the standoff there in Vegas earlier today. Plus, uh, tomorrow and Thursday, we're going to have a lot from uh, Big 12 Media Days in Arlington. I'm not going, uh, but we will have uh, snippets of coaches' press conferences. Tomorrow is uh, TCU, Houston, KU, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Texas, and BYU. We're going to hear from all of those head coaches tomorrow. All of them, but probably BYU. We're just because what's his name, Kalani? What's his last name? He starts at three fifty. Uh, we probably just won't have enough time to get that all edited and ready to go because it's not going to be the full press conferences. It's just going to be an abbreviated version of everyone in their press conferences. And then on Thursday, Chris Kleiman goes first at nine fifteen, and then it's Gus Malzana, UCF, and then you have Texas Tech, Cincinnati. West Virginia, Iowa State, and then Brent Venables of Oklahoma will wrap it up, and he'll be done by 12.05. So of all of them, Joey McGuire, Scott Satterfield, Neil Brown, Matt Campbell, we'll have them all coming up on Thursday. And then on Friday is the big day as we celebrate over 3,000 listens on our podcast, or 3 million rather, 3 million listens on our podcast. Heck, we get about 3,000 a day. That's why we're uh, already at 3,000. We're approaching 4,000. I keep saying 1,000. Million. We're at the millions. Millions of listens. The millions and millions of listens. That's a rock reference right there. Uh, We'll be celebrating with uh, playing Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and DG will be the first contestant up. As we'll have 15 questions 
ready to go. Uh, let's see. Am I missing anything? Uh, shout out to uh, Brady Day, second baseman for K-State Baseball, drafted in the 12th round earlier today in the MLB draft by the Atlanta Braves. Great improvement shown by Brady Day this past season. And I got to say, Brady, if you're listening, love your play. Wasn't exactly a big fan of announcing your name like on the PA. It's just because that I couldn't do much with it. You know what I mean? Not a whole lot of syllables. Couldn't get too fancy. But, man, I loved you playing defense for the Cats and also at the plate. Not too shabby as well. And uh, shout to Aaliyah Carter and Sydney Bolding from the K-State volleyball team. They've been uh, selected to the all-Big 12 preseason team. But now it's time. Let's get to Phil Steele. He, every summer, puts out a college football preview magazine. I think it's the best in the business. His preview for 2023 is already out. He'll get to the details in just a moment on how you can order or where you can find his 2023 preview magazine. But it's time to talk college football with Phil Steele. And Phil, greatly appreciate your time. Uh, You know, briefly looking back at 2022, I looked back at your preview magazine of 2022 just to see where you had the cats. And the narrative was, you know, it was right on key with there was five teams probably that any two of them that could make it to Arlington for the Big 12 championship game. TCU was the surprise, but of course, K-State was one of those five teams. And then I noticed your preseason All-Americans, you had three cats, including Deuce Vaughn, Felix Indy, DK Uzama. The other one was Malik Knowles. So I would think it probably wasn't a surprise to you that K-State not only made it to Arlington, but won the Big 12. Uh, not at all. In fact, uh, probably my biggest concern on Kansas State coming into the year last year was could they keep Deuce Vaughn healthy. And if uh, I thought if Deuce Vaughn stayed healthy the entire year, then they'd have a great shot at doing it. And, you know, during the year, you go back to that uh, earlier game against TCU, I thought they, they probably would have won the game had they kept their quarterbacks healthy in that game. So let's just go ahead and ask the big question, if K-State can run it back. And I saw you have a couple of cats named preseason All-Americans, Randon Platner and Cooper Beebe. Cooper Beebe could be a first-round draft pick coming up next year. But, uh, of course... No more Deuce, no more Felix, no more Malik Knowles. Do you think K-State has the talent to get back to Arlington in 2023? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of indicators, uh, Mitch, that are pointing downward, like they were plus 12 in turnovers last year. Uh, They missed three of the Big 12's weaker teams schedule-wise, and they also don't play Oklahoma, a team that Coach Clemens 3-1 against. So they're in the going-down box of my tougher schedule as well. But this team's clearly capable of doing it. I like Will Howard at quarterback. Uh, the receiving court took a couple of hits, losing Knowles and losing Warner. But uh, I think with Brooks there, with Johnson there, they have the talent. The offensive line looks to be one of the best in the country. Defensively, I'm expecting big things from Khalid Duke at defensive end. Uh, the linebacking core is very experienced this year. Uh, the secondary's got a few question marks, but this is a team that uh, Coach Kleiman has proven can contend with the big boys, and I think they will. When I look at the schedule this year, you know, there's only two games I have a slight underdog in, at Oklahoma State and at Texas. So it's uh, it should be a very good year for K-State, and I would list them as a legitimate contender. How much for you does it move the needle in a positive direction just with having Chris Kleiman as a head coach? Through four years, he has won now a Big 12 championship. He has signed uh, a contract extension that now has him at K-State for the long haul, and plus he didn't really lose hardly any coaches uh, through the offseason. It's huge, and coaching is, a, in my mind, a big factor in college success. And uh, Kleiman has proven 
since he took over that uh, he can get it done. He proved it back at North Dakota State in his time there. So I think he is one of the better head coaches out there, and, and we'll have this program as a contender every year. You mentioned Will Howard earlier. He'll be the starting quarterback for K-State this year. That feels like, honestly, a pretty deep quarterback room for uh, offensive coordinator Colin Klein and quarterbacks coach. Now, Will Howard, the last couple of years – had been filling in as a backup role because the starting quarterbacks were getting hurt. Skylar Thompson a couple of years, and then uh, Adrian Martinez last year. Finally, it felt like Will Howard last year earned the trust, not only of the coaching staff, but of the K-State fans. But I'm curious to know with Will Howard, the pecking order of the Big 12 has a lot of returning quarterbacks. Where does Will Howard, to you, fall into the pecking order of the Big 12? Uh, Well, I've got him coming into the season, fourth team Big 12. And part of the reason to that, though, is – you look at how the teams throw the football. I mean, Oklahoma, Texas, uh, Kansas are teams that uh, put the ball in the air quite a bit. I don't know if Will Howard's going to throw it as much. The strength of Kansas State has always been uh, running it. But he he was probably the most improved player in college football last season. He's a big kid. He throws it well. He understands the system. And he's a a very good leader. I know he's working on his quickness uh, during the spring and I also love, and you touched on it, uh, Mitch, the uh, backups. I mean, you're looking at Jake Rubley. Guy's got great arm talent, reads the defense as well. He was my number 16 rated quarterback coming out of high school. And Avery Johnson, probably one of the fastest kids on the team, smart, super talented, a duper, uh, dual threat quarterback that was my number nine rated quarterback out of high school. In this era of the transfer portal, that's tremendous depth at the quarterback position. K-State's non-conference schedule has a couple of interesting opponents. Troy, the Trojans, it's going to be a battle of a couple of uh, conference champions. They won the Sun Belt last year at 12-2 and with a first-year head coach in, in John Sumrall. Is K-State going to see that kind of caliber Troy team coming into Manhattan on uh, September 9th? Yeah, I think Troy is pretty much uh, just as good as last year. They've got Gunnar Watson back at the quarterback spot. Uh, Kim Kamani Vidal really emerged late in the year. A couple of 200-yard rushing games, finished with 1,132 yards. Biggest question mark I have uh, with Troy offensively, probably on the offensive line. They lose uh, three starters there. But defensively, six starters back. And this is a Troy team that last year, uh, basically knew they had the defense and the special team. So they played it very conservatively on offense. Their defense not quite up to last year's standard. Still good, but not quite up to last year. So they're going to open up the offense a little bit, When is uh, what Coach Sumrall told me uh, coming in. But I think they're still a very good Troy team. I still have Kansas State. Uh, about a uh, 10 to 13 point favorite in that game. We're speaking with Phil Steele here on the game. His college football 2023 preview magazine is out now. And Phil, I remember talking to you last year about the Missouri Tigers because Mizzou for the first time in a decade was going to be visiting Manhattan, Kansas after, you know, of course, leaving for the SEC. And, you know, it turned out to be a really rainy day, but it was also a blowout victory for K-State before they lost in the next week to Tulane. Well, now K-State's going to make the return trip to Columbia, Missouri for the first time since 2010. I'm not too high, honestly, on Coach Drink, but will Missouri, do you think, be improved heading into 2023? Yeah, and probably the biggest factor here, Mitch, is the experience. If you look at my experience chart last year, Missouri was number 100. This year, they're number eight. So when you make that big of a jump, you're a much better team. I agree with you. I mean, Coach Drinkwitz uh, right now comes in with a 17-19 and 19 record in his three years. Somehow that earned a contract extension. Uh, and when you look at them, talent-wise, uh, I like what the defense did last year. They showed the improvement in the second half of 2021 and continued it last year. 
only allowing 341 yards per game. The offense is going to be more potent with Brady Cook, and they also added Jake Garcia, who got plenty of action in the spring. Uh, the running backs are back. Neither of them are, are star caliber, I don't think, in Goldie Schrader and Nathaniel Pete. And they do have Luther Burden and wide receiver, but lose their top two uh, from that spot. So I, I think it's going to be a dangerous game for K-State. I have K-State a slight favorite in that game, but uh, I still think the Wildcats are the better team and even on the road get the win. Of course, this season K-State will be traveling to Lawrence at the end of the year, and that could be a pretty big game. Depending on what the Kansas Jayhawks can do, and the Big 12 media decided that Jalen Daniels at quarterback will be the offensive player of the year in the conference. You know, here in Manhattan, that wasn't exactly well received. A lot of people disagreed with that. Matter of fact, felt like Will Howard might be the better quarterback. If you had the vote, would you have picked Jalen Daniels to be the offensive player in the Big 12 this year? I would have probably have gone with Dylan Gabriel of Oklahoma. I think he's going to put up the best stats. But Jalen Daniels, uh, there's no doubt his stats are up there, and he's going to throw the football more and put up bigger stats. So the Kansas State quarterback doesn't have to do as much as the Kansas quarterback. So, uh, you know, I think statistically that's why the media went with him. And i got to tell you, as far as Kansas goes, uh, Mitch, this is a team that uh, I told Coach Leipold this. Uh, I go, you're making it tough on me, Coach. I used to just pick Kansas last in the Big 12 every year and then move on with uh, what's next. I can't even do that anymore. So funny that these days Kansas now has four players in the all-Big 12 preseason team, but a pick ninth. Meanwhile, you mentioned uh, Dylan Gabriel. Oklahoma has just one player in the all-preseason uh, or the all-Big 12 preseason team. And I just I'll ask you, I guess, this question, Brent Venables. I mean, how crucial is this year for Brent Venables to bounce back as they're about to transition to the SEC? Yeah, it's very big for him, and, and he knows it. And I, I think if you go back and look at last year, Brent Venables knows defense. Uh, he has rather complex scheme. Might have taken Oklahoma a little bit of time to get adapt to it. Plus, the, those quarterback injuries, which uh, put the defense in jeopardy in a couple of games like that Texas game, which they lost. 49 nothing. He was not at all happy with giving up 461 yards per game and 30 points per game. They are vastly improved defensively. Uh, they've got four uh, incoming players like Desan McCullough, who comes over from Indiana. A great pickup there. He was number 13-rated linebacker out of high school. They had in a Wake Forest pass rusher in Rondell Boythroyd, uh, who has had a lot of sacks at Wake the last couple of years. Trace Ford comes over from Oklahoma State. Notre Dame transfer Jacob Lacey on the defensive line. So they made some great pickups on defense, and I think they'll be vastly improved there. Dylan Gabriel is back, should remain healthy all year, but if not, they got Jackson Arnold, my number 5-rated freshman, behind him. The offensive line looks solid. You know, right now, Mitch, if you uh, go to Vegas and take a look at the, lo- the lines on Oklahoma, they're actually favored in 11 of their 12 games, which is pretty surprising since they were 6-7 and seven last year. They're favored in 11 and not 10 because they're not playing the Cats this year. More with Phil Steele when we come back right now at timeout. You're listening to the game. What's Bernie still doing here? You've been here all day. Get out of here. He's talking. I can't hear him, so I'm just going to assume he's talking mad trash on me right now. So it's whatever. Bernie Fancella, who now works in the news department, we actually went to college together. KVCO, the thunder behind cloud, 88.3. Say, I'm sorry, say that again. 
Yeah, he's here because of me, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Okay, got yeah, it. Sure, I pulled, you know, pulled some strings. You know, I got some pull around here. I can do a lot. You know, I I just thought he'd be good for the news department. Whatever. <laughs> I think he's got a better voice than I do, honestly. Uh, we're back to the game. Mitch Fortner and Troy Coverdale. Uh, burger King now offering uh, cheeseburgers without a burger. It's a headline I just come across. Uh, All bun? Enjoy it. No, it's uh, 20 slices of cheese. Oh, good Lord. American cheese. I don't believe my cardiologist would approve. I mean, toast the buns and you got a grilled cheese. I, you know, just... uh, valid, but... 20 might be too much. Yeah, that's a bit on the salty side. I'm not going to lie. It actually kind of looks good. In a, in a weird way, it actually looks good. I'll remember that. You're a buns guy. Always have, always will be. Uh, let's see. Let's get back to Phil Steele. Joins us for another segment here on the game. Just got done talking about Oklahoma. Another interesting story, in my opinion, is is Texas Tech with so many guys returning. Joey McGuire's second year, and I'm really high on them. I had him in my top five in my Big 12 preseason poll. Phil, are you high on the Texas Tech Red Raiders this year? Well, let me. Uh, I'll explain it to you with my power ratings, Mitch. Uh, okay. I do nine cents of power ratings, and a lot of times, you know, a team like Oklahoma. They'll have them there with 10 or 11 wins this year. Kansas State, 10 wins or so. Uh, with Texas Tech, my power ratings went anywhere from 5 and 7 all the way up to 11 and 1. Two sets of power ratings had them 11 and 1. What I don't like about Tech would be the fact that they had four net close wins last year, three net upsets. I mean, this was a team where you, you change four plays. They could have been 4 and 9 last year. They won a couple of games in overtime. What I do like about Tech is they are one of the most experienced teams in the country. In fact, they have 15 super seniors. And that phrase is going to go out of our vocabulary in a couple of years when uh, all the super seniors have graduated. But 15 super seniors, this is a veteran squad uh, with 11 starters back on offense, six on defense. And talking to Coach McGuire, he feels they have one of the best quarterback units in the entire country with Tyler Shuck and Baron Morton. And, of course, Playing there in Lubbock is always a dangerous spot. I rate that game a, a toss-up game during the year, so that's, that is going to be a tricky spot for Kansas State. Speaking of Phil Still here on the game, College Football 2023 Preview Magazine is out now. We'll get to those details here in just a moment. i got a couple more questions for you, Phil, including as of July 1st, there's four new additions to the Big 12 in BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF. When I was filling out my all-Big 12 or I should say the Big 12 preseason poll. You know, i not used to covering those teams, so I just had to do a lot of research and just give an educated guess on where I would put them. If there was a dark horse out of those four to contend for a title, because I know it's going to be hard for some to adjust, who would you pick out of that group? You know, there's not a lot of clear things when it comes to the Big 12, Mitch, uh, because, I mean, top to bottom, as we saw last year, anybody at the bottom could be people at the top. But of those four teams, I think UCF is clearly the best of the four and best poised this year. When I talked to Gus Malzahn going over the team with them, he said that they've been preparing for the move for the Big 12 for two years. This is a team that's got 15 returning starters. Might have been the best team in the American Conference last year. They, they of course, lost their quarterback uh, late in the year uh, to, to some injuries against Tulane, and I think that hurt them in the title game. But John Rice Plummy's back. They're better prepared if he goes down with Timmy McLean coming over from South Florida. 
They've got the, uh, the defense. They've got the offense. Uh, this is a very good UCF team, and and of the four teams, to me, they're clearly the best and best poised to uh, to actually be uh, somewhat in the mix in the Big Twelve this year. Who'd you uh, pick out for your four playoff teams this year? Uh, well, I did go with Georgia, which I'm sure is pretty much the easy pick, and they'll be on every single person's list this year. They're more experienced than they were last year, especially defensively, and their new quarterback is going to have uh, ten games to get himself situated before that tough road trip to Tennessee. A very easy schedule for Georgia, double-digit favorite in every game. One team that might surprise you, Mitch, and I have checked a lot of preseason top 25s uh, this year, and a lot of folks didn't even have them in their top 10, and that's Clemson. And Clemson's a team that, uh, you know, they finished out the season on a poor note last year with the loss in the bowl game. However, in that bowl game uh, against Tennessee, Clemson actually had a 34-20 to first down edge. They were done in by some key turnovers in that game. Uh, when I talked to Coach Sweeney uh, going over the team, uh, he said, and you remember that 2018 defensive line, how talented that was. He said this group doesn't have the star power in 2018, but is actually deeper in talent and experience than the 2018 group. That made me stand at attention. They've got the linebackers and Carter and Trotter. I think Kate Klubnick does a great job, will do a great job at quarterback. They've got Shipley and Moffat running back, a veteran offensive line, and their two toughest games, Florida State and Notre Dame, are both at home. And they've only lost two home games the last nine years. I, I've got Clemson running the table this year and coming in uh, number two. Number three, I got Alabama. And a lot of that's Nick Saban. Yeah, they only have five starters back on offense, five on defense. They have question marks at quarterback, question marks in a lot of areas, but they have a ton of talent. They've got Nick Saban, and this is generally when he does his best work. Uh, when they're preseason number one, uh, they're a team that uh, only has only won the national title once. They've been preseason number one each of the last two years have won the title, but the last time they weren't preseason number one, they did win the title, and so that makes them dangerous this year. They get both LSU and Texas at home, and of course with Nick Saban on the sidelines, they're a threat. And then I've also got Michigan making the playoff this year. Three really tough teams in the Big Ten uh, East, and that is Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. I actually rate Ohio State number two on my power poll, Michigan number three, but Michigan's got the best schedule, a cake non-conference schedule, toughest road game is at Penn State, and that'll be tough in Happy Valley, but they get Ohio State at home, and I think that's going to be the key to them uh, getting back to the playoff this year, and frankly, I think this year's Michigan team is better than the last two years' Michigan teams, which both made the uh, playoffs. All right, Phil, my last uh, college football preview question is about the Heisman Trophy, because Kayla Williams winning it last year, he's now back with USC, and of course, you know, know, history has told us it's it's almost impossible to win two in a row because it's only happened once, but is Kayla Williams your favorite heading into 2023 to win the Heisman? Well, he's the favorite in Vegas, um, but if I had to make the choice of Caleb Williams or the field, just like you said, Mitch, I would take the field because of the fact that the Heisman winner is not only contending against each of the other players in college football, he's contending against himself from last year. If he doesn't match... Is 4,537 passing yards, his 67% completions, his 42-5 ratio, and some of the amazing plays he made. Folks will say, well, sort of a down year for him. He could have a fantastic year, but if he doesn't match last year, that's a vote going against him. And then there's a lot of players out there. So I would take the field and say he does not repeat as the Heisman Trophy champ this year. Well, Phil, as always, it's a pleasure. Please, before we let you go, let my listeners know where to get your uh, preview magazine if they don't have it yet. 
Hey, I really appreciate that, Mitch. Uh, you know, unlike past years where we've been everywhere, your Walmarts and Kroger's, places like that, this year we're exclusively at two places, Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. So if you're out and about, save your gas money, just go to Barnes & Noble and Books A Million, the only two places that have the magazine this year. Or you can go online to philsteel.com. And when you go to philsteel.com, there is a shipping charge for the magazine. Naturally, it costs to mail things. But we give you the digital magazine for free along with the hard copy when you order it online. So go to Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, or philsteel.com. Phil, greatly appreciate your time and look forward to doing this again next year. Sounds great, Mitch. Always enjoy talking football with you, my friend. Thanks for having me on. Once again, that's Phil Steele, college football writer. His, again, preview magazine is out now. I got myself the hard copy and the digital version. I think it's a heck of a deal. Might as well take advantage of deals. It is Amazon Prime Day, right? Today is about deals. There you go. I went and got myself a deal. There you go. There, however, we will mention Books A Million at the town center. So you can pick right. up your copy down there. That's right. If you want to go that route. I missed that he he used to do an FCS version as well for those of us that were focused on that classification. I missed that he does that he doesn't do that anymore. You know what? With the new NCAA football video game hopefully coming out next summer, it'd probably be right around this time next summer that it would be coming out. I hope that all the FCS teams are in there and they have their own stadiums in the game. The old games had FCS teams, but didn't have their stadiums. Just had like a generic stadium for all of the FCS teams. Yes, you want the high school stadium that Portland State plays at. Exactly. Or, you know, (laughs) the domes at like South Dakota, North Dakota State playing. Yes, yeah, I will grant you that. All right, we take a timeout. Big thank you again to Phil Steele. If you want uh, the link on where to go buy his – his magazine online. I tweeted it out at Mitch the Fort is where you can find that link. We've got a few minutes left. It's time for some Ask Us Anything. Troy, what do you got? All-Star Game Night. Do you have any memories that stand out of watching the All-Star Game? Nope. Really? Nope. I always was planted in front of the TV to watch it. So the Bo Jackson introducing himself in Anaheim still ranks as one of the all-timers to me. That was a little before my sports watching time had arrived. I've never been, I'm not a big fan of all-star games. And again, that was in an era where it felt like it meant more. And maybe that's because I as a kid and growing up as a baseball fan was following the game as closely as I was. I mean, come on, I lived in a town of 150 people. It wasn't like I had a lot of dramatic things that were going on in my life. I do remember watching, um, remember Ichiro hit an inside the park home run one time. Okay. Um, trying to think what else like really stands out to me. I... Cal Ripken, his final year. Okay. I remember him getting a major ovation. The shift where he was to start the game at third base and A-Rod gave up shortstop to him. I think those would be, I think those would might be the two things that I remember the most. What would you like to see 
of the four major sports when you talk about all-star games or the like? What event would you still like to see out of that grouping? What do you mean, like at, that that comes with the all-star games? or Yeah, home run derby, all-star game, three-point shooting contest, the dunk contest. What would you like to see personally? Like in person? Yes. Um, boy, good question. If I were to pick one, I would but the thing like the NFL all the you know, the Pro Bowl or whatever, not really trying, but Weak. I, I'm I'm definitely a bigger football fan than anything else. You know what the NHL skills competition is kind of fun. That would be one, yeah, that I would be all for seeing. Absolutely. That's the flaw, though. I get to look at two of those events back in their prime a little differently. You know, Home Run Derby, the All-Star Game was just its own entity. Home Run Derby wasn't a thing when I was growing up. You know what? But the dunk contest in its early days uh, was must-watch. That's the thing. Like, dunk contests, haven't we seen it all by now? Valid. I feel like it's just one of those events that you know, try to up each other every year and try to come up with something new, but... I mean, between Jordan and Dominique back in those days... Big 12 Media Days start tomorrow for Troy. I'm Mitch. Go Cats.